Hello. Hello. Good morning, Dan. How are you doing? Ah, it's early. Oof. It is. Yeah, it's an early one today. We uh, we're pre-recording today uh, a little bit. Yeah. Tearing back the veil, and uh, we're we're going earlier than usual, and it's only a half hour earlier than usual. But woof, woof is all I have to say about that. Should I tweet it for those who would like to listen live, or should I keep it secret so they'll all be yes. surprised? Yes, yeah, so I wish you would. All right, and it's done. Hmm. 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 Well, done. you know what's crazy? What? I don't want to go on about this. It's a it's a regional story, but it's an important regional story. The uh, I don't know how much you follow what's going on with the Pacific Gas and Electric and uh, yeah, so I heard that they, that a whole bunch of people had their power turned off yesterday or, or in because of wind or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's I, will, I mean, for people who are following it, you know about it, and for people who aren't interested, you can find out about it. But the short version is that you know it's you know. There's always the risk of uh, wildfires out here, and um, owing to uh, <laughs> owing to the fact that they got their butt handed to them with some huge fines, and uh, they're found found culpable in some wildfires in the past year or two. Uh, I, I guess they're getting um, more careful than usual about making sure to uh, do what they can to avoid fires. But the solution to that during this period of high winds, uh, like I think on. Oh, it was a Mount Tam on one of the big mountains last night. It got up to 70 mile per hour gusts. But anyway, um, they uh, shut or they've had this plan in place. Like, oh, hey, we're just going to shut off power uh, for up to 800,000 people for up to like five days. Now, it must be said up front that for whatever reason, uh, San Francisco is exempted from that. Uh, I did not have a role in that, but, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, so that sucks. You know, I said to somebody uh, on... I think I said it to um, somebody on Twitter last night that eh, this is, you know, we're seeing a level of crisis response that we wouldn't accept from a cable TV, a regional cable TV provider in the early 80s. Because even the website for finding out if your power is going to be shut off is down. Yeah. <laughs> it's so, it's not funny. It's terrible. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, it's terrifying. And it's just so weird to me that like, it's it, obviously the worst thing here is that the infrastructure uh, of, your electricity provider for, you know, people in like uh, dozens of counties is uh, that infrastructure breaks down, but then the infrastructure for the infrastructure breaks down <laughs> and they can't even find a way to like keep up a, like a, a Google map. <laughs> it's just, it's so bad. It's, it's, it's weird. This is, this is, it feeds into something that Syracuse and I end up talking about a lot. Unreconcilable differences where we're constantly bitching about Apple TV. And Syracuse talks about like why he continues to have wired cable mm-hmm. with a TiVo because as a, that is the most reliable way right. to get the stuff. Right. And he's right. Um, and we were saying, you know, I, I feel like in some ways, back to cable, I feel like this will reach its apotheosis in some ways with the manual click or rotary dial cable uh box and uh coax cable you know in the 80s like this was a solved problem in like the 80s by the late 80s you had that plus a pretty good fast remote responsive remote um and now today obviously with streaming stuff you don't have that but in that same way as we used to just say like oh cable you just turn it on and it works like with electricity you turn it on and it works you know right <laughs> your e key on your mac stops working and it doesn't matter because you don't have electric it's like things just aren't as i know this is an issue for you you think about this a lot with yeah. your metallurgist grandfather that's, that's and, right. and so sure. forth tungsten is, 
Tungsten is Tungsten. the uh, the level of fit and finish in infrastructure nowadays. Is feels like it's just not there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and and that's the thing. I was talking to um, to a friend about this when um, I forget what the topic that led up to it was, but you know, back in the old days when people all used to have landlines. And I worked for a CLEC, which is the yeah. stands for Competitive Local Exchange Carrier, which are like baby bells, ba- small third-party phone companies, basically, that they ride on top of existing infrastructure that's been put there by the phone company, but they give you different, it might be long distance, or it might be local service, or this is in the very early days of DSL, so we were doing DSL even before like the local bell companies could provide DSL and uh, the company imploded and went out of business and it was a dot-com crash. Is that so, kind of, just a curiosity? Is that a kind of company or service that still exists? Such as I you think they, it? they do. Although who, who really like cares about long distance anymore? I mean, yeah, you still have to have those Every kinds time you of say that. For, I always think of the sleeve stacks from land of the lost <laughs> yeah. the Los Angeles Lakers. And I know that's not what it is, but I, I, I still, I think I, I don't know what that is, except every time you explain it to me, that's yeah, another I, little, seems like another little bit of technology and services that's kind of gone away. Yeah, it really has gone away. They do still exist, but I think they're only business services. I'm sure we'll get emails about it now, but mm-hmm. no, like individual people are using these, but back in those days, People still did. And, you know, one of the things that I learned by kind of being involved in that industry and that business was how fragile behind the scenes, how fragile the telecommunications is specifically telephone like system is. And that they're always, always, always over capacity. They're always oversold, but they're, they, they are aware of the fact that they're oversold. And that's why there would always be these messages on the news that would say, if there's ever a a crisis or a disaster or something, they would say, don't pick up the phone and make a call unless you need to. Because if, and I believe even with the prevalence of, uh, of, of cell phones nowadays, if, if everybody who had a landline picked up their phone and started to try to make a call, the entire infrastructure would break almost instantly if if a half of the people who have hardwired phone lines picked them up and tried to make a call maybe even a quarter or a third really it would it would bring the entire system S- to similar reason crashing like saturating down. bandwidth kind of thing well back in those days just the way that the trunks and lines were all set up it wasn't switched packets like we have now where network Ooh. congestion can slow things down. This was a physical problem. Like they didn't have enough physical mm-hmm. uh, physical presence in the pops, point of presence. Um, these pops that are, are all around cities and connect up to the big services, they would just all shut down. And I mean, they would recover from that, but they, they knew that mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, it's the same thing as like your local, you know, fitness gym. If everybody with a membership <laughs> right. showed up, uh, yeah. they would be completely screwed. Not, you know, even if, if a third of them showed up and that their count on that, that's their business model. Is, airplane, I mean, airlines, there's so many examples right. of this. airlines oversell every flight. Yes. You know, they have a, historically had a very good idea of how many people won't show up. And increasingly it doesn't seem to be the case because every flight I've been on <laughs> the last two years, they had to ask people right. Right. To volunteer. And so and you're saying it's physical. It, so back in those not, days. Now, now yeah. telecommunication sure. companies, telephone companies, I think are all switched over to, um, you know, packet switching networks now. So that's not as much of a problem, but, and also everyone's using their cell phones now anyway. I mean, I don't, do you have a landline? Most people I know that have them, have them for, because they never canceled it or because <laughs> know, their alarm know, system know two, uses it. 
I know two people. Like I, the two people that I know of that I that come straight to mind. Of course, my in-laws right. uh, have have a landline that is almost exclusively for receiving spam calls. And uh, <laughs> of course. Uh, John, John, John Patrick O'Hallory, uh, Syracuse, uh, he, he told me the other night that he still has one. Because in in part of the same conversation, right? Same conversation where we're talking about Kaylee's like, that, that is the reason that we still have a landline and it's one that doesn't require any power at all. And that's because that's John Syracuse and that's how he rolls. Yeah. Right. And another, another thing people forget, especially yeah. people who haven't had a landline in a long time or have never had one or whatever, is that those are powered. The RJ11 jack that comes into your house, it, it carries power. That's how come your phone works when you plug it in. And it's separate power coming from a separate place that, yeah. that if your power used to go out, you could still make and receive phone calls. That's, and, that's, that, this is what John was saying. Yeah. yeah. We haven't had, a, I don't think we've, let's see, what have we had? Uh, I know I, I'm, uh, I'm thinking there are uh, people like Snell, I, I know, have the co- type of Comcast package, Xfinity, we call it, hmm. uh, where, you know, they really, I don't know, we've talked about this before. I don't know why they super want you to have a phone, but I, I'm guessing it has something to do with, I want to say subsidies or I'm not sure hmm. what, mm-hmm. but, but X, Comcast really wants you to have that package where you get three things, where you get internet you get TV and you get phone. Yeah, I think and they just want, they want to own you. They just want <laughs> to they, own they everything. Do, they do, but the incentive <laughs> for the phone part seems so odd to me because, I mean, it's you see, I just said those three things, like it's the three parts of what makes an iPhone an iPhone. Right. And it's not. The internet part, you go look at the kind of level or the graph over time of how much we need or want those three things uh, versus, say, 25 years ago. Um, it, let's say J random company is going to offer you a package where you get, uh, internet access, which at the time might've been, not even, it might be dial it might be DSL, but mm-hmm. you're going to get internet access from your home. You're going to get uh, a phone line from your home and you're going to get cable access. So cable has changed the least of those things. I feel like in that you still get mostly coax going into the house unless it's Fios or similar. But, um, anyway, uh, but over time, like the internet has become about 10 times more important and the phone part has become about a hundred times less important. Right. But I know people like Snell, Snell talks about this on TV talk machine, I believe, uh, with regard to cord cutting, how that's the, the only reason he has a phone in the house is because Xfinity Comcast like really shoves it into your face. And is like, you, you have to have this as part of this package. I would, if I did, and I don't, I wouldn't plug it in. Last time we had a phone, uh, the house was uh, probably, it was back when we had that big fat AT&T cable box. Uh, and the, so, yeah, probably 15, 20 years. Yeah, mm-hmm. 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Because again, my, my beloved in-laws, all they do is it's all just garbage. It's all just, you know, spam calls, telemarketing. But anyway, so you were saying about your sleep stack. Gosh, what was I saying? Um, something about overselling. I don't even know. Oh, I don't uh, know. We're talking about capacity. We're talking about. Well, it's people are shouting. We're talking about infrastructure, right infrastructure, yeah. and the um, the problem of like the reliability <laughs> of the things we used to think of as the uh, <laughs> backbone. You know, right, of, right, of right, right, right. Now, I mean, like, there's, there's. Uh, I'm increasingly always interested in the economic or materialist argument behind things. Uh, and I feel like, um, 
Sorry, my family's sending me lizard videos. It's very distracting. Um, the, uh, 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 you know, okay, so let's go back to something like recycling. And now mm-hmm. everybody's finally realizing, everybody who listens to podcasts like I do, nonfiction podcasts, knows recycling represented several false economies for the last 20 years. You know, you can go, there's really good uh, Planet Money about this, Planet Money two-parter about this. Recycling was a false economy um, because the perfect storm of the Chinese economy made it possible to and cheap fuel made it possible to ship, you know, <laughs> peanut butter stained plastic jars on, on a boat. You put it on a truck and then another truck and then it gets on a boat and it goes to China. Number one, we well, can afford that. Number two, uh, the labor is so cheap that you could afford to have people clean the peanut butter out of plastic. And so, like, there was this, and, and you know, and then the basically, but so anyway, that that's what was the third part? It's early. But basically, that's a false economy that we thought was infrastructure, mm-hmm. right? So right. if that felt like infrastructure, we're like, okay, if we're good doobies and put our plastic in the blue bin, that goes somewhere. Like Michael Stipe says, well, you know, when you throw something away, where's away? <laughs> well, away in this case was China, and those economic conditions don't exist. <laughs> I didn't anymore. know this about China. That oh, we were dude, sending. I, when stuff you tell to me about China. something you like, I will find um, a, a link to this because it was because this is something where like it's you know the pendulettes of the world have been telling us for a long time that recycling is a racket, um, and I, I don't want to spoil the po- podcast for you because it's really good. But here's the nut of it. Uh, yes, first of all, this thing called National Sword was a thing where China said, "Hey, look, we don't want your garbage anymore. Your garbage is gross. You're not separating it." And uh, they were they were taking it for a while at a, at a point. If they didn't like it, they would push it into the ocean. I say China, but really it's, it's, really? it's boats going to China. Yeah. So some of those reefs of plastic, it's not explicitly just because of your detergent with plastic bits in it. It's also because sometimes you would just shove a pallet of plastic bottles off of a boat, a ship. Um, and then, so there's that. But then the other part is, oh God, hang on, let me type. Uh, in a second, I'm recording. My daughter wants to post a lizard video. And then, but the other part of that is, okay, so what do we do? Well, you know why we keep doing it? You know why we keep, um, keep at this is because people have learned how to recycle. Mm-hmm. There would be no green movement in America today if it weren't for recycling. If there's one thing everybody can think of and go, oh, what is, what does it mean to be green? The thing we all first learned about before, you know, uh, re- reduce and reuse, uh, we definitely learned, first we learned recycling in the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah. So they don't want people to unlearn that habit. They want don't want people to go back to thinking all garbage is uh, destroyed equal. <laughs> and that's why. Um, Dan, tell me about something you like. I have to re- pre- review a lizard video. That that's my fine. Post. It's fine. Go, go I'm, I'm review. I'm so sorry. That's I, right. This is important work. She's very no, excited. No At one point this morning, we had 420 followers and she was very, very excited about that. Oh, on the lizard, uh, the lizard account. Lizard Twitter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. She's not a marijuana smoker herself. It's just that she, that's a joke that she knows uh, from Vines and My Brother, My Brother and Me. Wait, what, which I didn't, I didn't get 420, the right. 420. Oh, 420. 420 blaze it. Uh, yeah. Of course, of course. <laughs> um, my son says Sigmate, that to me all the time. Sigmate, 420 blaze it. Yeah. <laughs> what is happening? You, your phone, phones don't work anymore and the, the fire's 420? Tell me about something like. I would like to tell you about Squarespace. There are so many things you can do with Squarespace. I like to start by telling people that they can take whatever their idea is. And this is just when I'm on the street. If I'm, you know, getting lunch somewhere as I'm putting in my order, I'll start talking about Squarespace. It's what people do who, who are Squarespace users because it does everything. And I'll say, you know, 
take your idea and you can turn it into a very cool website. Whatever your idea is, is your idea that you want to showcase work that you've done. Maybe you're an app developer. Maybe you are a sculptor. Maybe you have something that you want to show the world or talk to the world about. Squarespace is the perfect way to get started with that. Maybe you own a gym or a restaurant and you want to publish information so that people can find it and you don't want to spend thousands of dollars to hire an individual or a company to build something for you. It's just not necessary. And then what about the maintenance of that thing? What if you want to take control of the site yourself and update it yourself? Oh, we couldn't update our menu then that we were closed this week because, uh, you know, I can't control the web. Forget that. Oh, the kid lost the password. We don't know how to get in the SFTP. That's right. You don't want to deal with that. You just want to be able to go in. <laughs> you and, got stuff uh, to do. Click a few buttons. Like, would you? Do you want to be in the business of maintaining a sign? No. Like, do you want to be in the business of like you know uh, uh, manufacturing napkins and forks? No. I don't. No. Chop chop. Mock Chanel. Make the food. That's right. Mm. So what it comes down to then is Squarespace. They can do all of this for you, and they do it at such an affordable price. It's like less than the cost of a, of a lunch these days. To have your site up and running that you can control. You want to post a YouTube video up there. It's drag and drop. Like everything is easy to do. You can pick from these great templates that they have. You can customize the site and make it your own and, uh, and, and, and really make it stand out. And this is something that you yourself can do with, with essentially no web development experience at all. They also let you do other things there. They've got a logo maker. They've got uh, they've got over 200 domain name extensions so that you can register your domain name with them. And, uh, and use it for your Squarespace site or use it somewhere else. They don't care. Do what you want to do. They make it possible no. for you to do pretty much anything. Go don't care, over, won't care. Just go back to work. Back to work. That's right. Mm-hmm. Squarespace.com slash it's your show gives you a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code it's your show and you will save 10% off your first purchase of a website or a domain. Uh, we really do appreciate the support of Squarespace. They've been with us as a sponsor for a million years, and we love so them. So good to us. So good thank to you, us. thank you so much, Squarespace. And uh, please go check them out. Squarespace.com/slash It's Your Show promo code It's Your Show for ten percent off your first purchase. Thanks very much to Squarespace. Bok, bok. Thanks, Squarespace. Bok. Oh, <laughs> is the lizard sitting on the bell? <laughs> no, no, no. I, I wash my hands before. I'm, I'm like a rabbi. I wash my hands before and after handling my lizard. Do they have a salmonella thing with them? A little bit, a little bit. You can't, you can't kiss it. It's like, yeah, it's another one of the animals you can't kiss. You really I want see. to, though. Yeah. Um, boy, you know, we had all these topics we we're going to talk about. And now I'm actually super interested in um, this discussion and the discussion inside the discussion. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, while we're here and doing some business, uh, I just added some things to show notes. Where would people find show notes for episode a diggity four, four, seven of your back to work program? Well, that sounds right? right to me. Yeah. Four, four, seven. I think so. Right. Chihuahua. Where would they find that? <laughs> They're going to go to five by five dot TV <laughs> slash B as in brothers two is in the number W as in walrus slash. What'd you say? Four, four, seven, right? Four, four, seven. Yeah, there you go. Way of the future. Bok, bok. Yeah. Shouldn't pick up, pick up the milk with my right hand. <clears throat> uh, this is a, mm, uh, so what I have added to show notes, you know, listen, listen carefully, people. Uh, um, this is really good. And it's really depressing, but it's really nah, depressing. It's, uh, it's surprising. It's turns outing. Really, uh, you should go and listen to this. Uh, it's a two-part uh, series on Planet Money. Um, 
Part one, uh, episode 95 of their show, uh, Mob Boss, A Garbage Boat, and Why We Recycle. Part two, So Should We Recycle? And I, I really want to recommend that you go listen to this. Uh, I'll try and find the Overcast links as well. Um, I want to read, read a little bit from this uh, transcript that supports what I was talking about. Please do. Okay, so da-da-da-da-da. Um, good transcript, full transcript here. I love when people do this. Uh, like empty water bottles. China was like, we can turn those things into like polyester socks and sweaters, which are basically just woven out of really, really, really thin plastic bottles. And thus a market for our bads was born. So they're talking about, you've heard the word goods, right? You talk right. about exporting and importing goods. Well, there's also bads and that you import and export. If you, to get rid of your bads, you may have to pay somebody to take it, right? Okay. It, well, now for a long time, they would pay us for these things to take our bads. And then, you know, we end up paying them. That's why it's not sustainable. And that's the market for our bads was born. And eventually about half of the world's uh, junk plastic was being sent to China, much of that coming from the U.S. And when this was working, it's what we imagine recycling to be. My peanut butter jar turning into freaking socks. I mean, that's a modern miracle. But then just last year, something changed dramatically. All Already I'm starting to talk in my NPR voice. Mm-hmm. China said that it isn't worth it for us anymore, says Gonzalez. Turning your peanut butter jar into socks is creating too much pollution. And frankly, it's just too much work for us now because you guys aren't as good at triple rinsing your plastic as you think you are. And you're not even sorting it properly. There are milk jugs in the peanut butter jars, uh, milk jugs in with the peanut butter jars, lids still on, peanut butter still in the jar. Did you know you're supposed to take the lid off when you recycle something? Absolutely. I always assumed that I was being a good boy by putting the lid on. I don't know why I thought they should be together. Because you think that the lid... Swans mating for life. Right. It's like like a thing. Like, you're like, well, it goes with the jar. Here's the complete kit. But yeah, you're supposed to take (laughs) it off. Put the lid in my left left pocket. Uh, And sometimes (laughs) you shouldn't... uh, You you, you shouldn't. You should not. A cue... Sometimes you, a lid recycles in a different, it has a different number. Like the lid might be a five when's and the, the la- thing is a three. When's the last time you flipped it? When's the last time you flipped it and reversed it and looked at the little number inside of the three, um, three bendy uh, arrows? I don't. I like it at all. I just I like it there's a guy day. that'll take care of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's the point of that? Recycling. Okay. Now, why am I mentioning that? Because we got into, uh, at least here. Um, here, meaning, you know, here, but also here, San Francisco, uh, you know, we invested, we as the municipal municipality, uh, invested heavily in extremely high end sorting equipment that did, um, a combination of really, there's the things you can go read about this, but basically our, our landfill place, um, I think it might be, it doesn't matter who it is. Uh, it's one of those things where they do a combination of, you know, you get to that level. It's the kind of thing you would watch, you know, like a Twitter account, like uh, machine picks, you know, it's optical, it's weight, it's light. They do have all these different sensors to help uh, sort out recycling. So we, I have not for years had to think about this, right? Uh, like I said before, we got three cans. We've got a now 16 gallon. Now, I don't know how much you know about 16 gallons. That is comically small. That is half the size, less than half the size of my lizard's vivarium. 16 gallons is not a lot of gallons. That's garbage. That's how much we get each week. And that's essentially, if you smash it down, two bags of garbage, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Not like Florida, where you could just put all the hefty bags you wanted, including lawn clippings on the curb, right. and they would take it every week, no questions asked. Right. You know, a uh, uh, rusty old washer, not a problem. They'll take that. Um, so we get a 16-gallon uh, trash. We get a 32-gallon um, uh, recycling and a 32-gallon compost. So we're encouraged if to basically if you you can draw the circle graph, the pie graph for that, 
and see that my, uh, it's failing me right now. But what is that? That would be, oh, I wish my daughter were here to help me with this. But you get that, like, we've been habituated to, A, think about putting less stuff into the black can that goes straight into the dump pile. And think a lot more about what could go into the more accommodating blue and green uh, cans Mm -hmm. that go to the composting and the recycling. But here's the other thing. Oh, I assume there's a dude for that. I assume there's a dude for that or an optical scanner that will take care of I can put anything. Remember back in the day, you have to separate your green from your clear, you know, from your brown bottles. You couldn't put your Michelobes in your rolling rocks. Oh, yeah, right, right. Sure. Right? So why, why am I ranting about this? Because guess what? Hey, you won recycling like we got it in our brain at least me my family this city that like we're doing we're doing this it's easy it's the right thing and it's economically good for everybody guess what it's not you ready for the big spoiler from this planet money series mm-hmm. and boy you know this guy got email after saying this if you do actually care about the environment right you know the best place for clear plastic to go right now Right into yes. the ocean, flush it down the toilet. <laughs> Almost that bad. What dump? A dump? A landfill? Really? Is the well? This week? This month? This this quarter? Yeah. Well, guess why? Okay. Why? What are you gonna do? Are you going to rinse out that peanut? Are you really gonna get the peanut butter out of that plastic jar with a heated B water? Because now you're spending fuel and wasting water to mm-hmm. do that. Right. If you look at the big, this is the problem. This is the like, this is where you get super quintuple turns out is when you look at the big economic picture. Anyway, long story short, go and listen to that. Why am I saying all of this? Because that felt what turned out to be a false economy felt like infrastructure, um, like dependable, economically, environmentally sustainable um, infrastructure. I mean, obviously, there's some unalloyed, unalloyed goods of uh, this green approach. I mean, who has a problem with solar? If you're not Donald Trump, who has a problem with wind? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like no, nobody's, except for perhaps aesthetic reasons and zoning reasons. Like who's going to be mad about the collection of sunlight into these things? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I wonder, as we look at all of these infrastructure things that seem to be failing or creaking, I wonder how many of them actually do represent their own kinds of false economies. Does, is that making sense when I when I ask this question? I think so. Well, I mean, let's let's be, you know, left coast liberals for a minute. It feels good that you can you could for many years go to the store, you could go to a, a big chain store, a big box store, and buy a flannel shirt for two dollars, like with buttons and stuff. Mm-hmm. How do they how do they make ship, market, package, and distribute? On trucks that use gas, how did they do that and then only bring in like $2 plus tax? Well, in some cases, there were big companies that were hiring little kids to do it. Really? <laughs> and you go, womp, womp. Mm. Oh, that sucks. I thought Nike was good. And you're like, yeah, I did just do it. Uh, but like, yeah, that's, 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 and you, when you discover that, you go like, oh, this thing that I thought I understood, I didn't really understand because if I dig a little bit deeper in the stack. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not trying to turn this into some kind of liberal circus here. Uh, what I am trying to say is that, you know, there's probably a reason, there's probably a very good reason why PG&E is doing what they're doing. They're the company where they're asking people to pay for power, uh, PG&E, Pacific Gas and Electric. Everybody in this freaking state, pretty much, I think, mostly, is paying them for electric. It seems like the last thing they would want to do is shut off the electricity. But I guess they have their reasons. Mm-hmm. 
There's no way they would do this for funzos. There's, no, right? and it's, it's it's horrible for the people. It would be horrible for them. I mean, there's because yeah, because that what I'm saying though is like you know when we when we have gone numb or stop thinking about a piece of infrastructure, um, sort of like we said last last episode last week when you're thinking about Apple stuff, you know, you stop noticing how good and dependable their stuff is until it's not. Dr. Drang made a, a joke on Twitter the other day that I saw some people misinterpreted because uh, that's how people do. But he said something about, you know, you know, <sighs> apropos of nothing, nothing stated. He said, oh, I wonder, you know, if we're going to get a lot of that, those jokey routines on stage at the next Apple event, mm-hmm. um, you know, given, you know, what, what's going on in the Apple world. And um, a bunch of people are like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And I... I tutored him back. And I was like, I knew ex- just for what it's worth. I know exactly what you're talking about. And just to quote myself, it's one thing for Steve Jobs to come out and make a joke about putting a rotary dial on an iPod when it, that is appearing at the beginning of one of the three or four greatest product launches of all time. Mm-hmm. That's happened in 2007. And it's quite different if we're all watching. You know, I think about that shot in Simpson, in the Simpsons of, of Lenny waiting to see if he's going to win um, the award. You see him in the audience with the finger tense looking very intense. So that's us watching Eddie Q come out and shuck and jive or Craig, Craig Federici and his funny hair come out and shuck and jive. When we're going, listen, guys, these jokes are all hilarious, but the jokes land better when we know you're taking your work very, very seriously. Yeah. And when you don't, it really seems glib uh, and a little cringy. When we're waiting to find out if this, well, you know, sure, the work we all do is dumb. It's dumb work, dumb computer work. Who cares? Go work in a mind. But when our work is, uh, has a, when there's an impact on our work <clears throat> because they have not been taking it as seriously as we do, uh-oh, guess what? Now that infrastructure sucks too. Is what I'm saying. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, I do. And they must, again, everybody's got their reasons. Uh, people have their reasons why they do what they do. But, uh, but it does, it does suck, um, especially because we are very lucky and privileged people who get to be numb about all kinds of stuff like that. Unless you live in Flint or some other places, you don't have to test your water every week to make sure you're not going to die. You just know it's going to be good water that comes out. In our case, that's water that comes from like hundreds of miles away. <laughs> There's a big pipe that goes from Hetch Hetchy to here, and that's how our water gets here. It, goes, it comes from like Walt Whitman land to here in a big tube. And that's how that's how the Bay Area gets its water. It's mental, but that's, that's how crazy. It yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Well, go back and watch Chinatown, Jake. Like what you know, what's happening in Chinatown? Like it's all about what it's a it's one of the great movies, um, and it's about uh, water policy. <laughs> it's crazy. You think that lettuce? You think you, you think your romaine lettuce like just just happens? No, there's a giant basin, a big a big salad. They call it the salad bowl out east of here and that stuff is out in the heat that where, where that stuff grows and then it's just got to have water for it where's mm-hmm. that water come from where's the, where's the pig poop go you know what i'm saying yeah where does it go are people asking these questions dan yes okay i mean i think so they should be tell me about, tell me about uh, something else that you like oh i would love to tell you about ring central the number one global cloud phone system with ring central you get your uh, business phone, your video conferencing, your team messaging anytime, anywhere on your personal phone or any other mobile device and setup just takes a few minutes. This is great because it lets you do some, I mean, everyone wants to work remotely, right? But yet you still have a team. You still have other people that you've got to, uh, to work with. You can run your whole company off your phone and connect easily with your customers, with your employees. 
all the stuff that you want to do. And I used to run these old PBX systems back in the old days. And we used to have to deal with all kinds of like call routing and making sure that like calls don't get missed and, you know, like voicemail for each individual person. All of this is built in to Ring Central. You literally have a complete phone system for you, for your employees, everybody all in one place. There's contact integration with your personal phone. You don't have to transfer phone contacts. It automatically populates. It's got video conferencing. It's got team messaging. I mean, are you getting the picture that it has everything, but there's something else that it does. It integrates with all of your favorite apps. I mean, everything from uh, Zapier, which you know we love, to Gmail, Salesforce, Microsoft Outlook, everything, and it just integrates and it solves this problem that really is a problem if you have a handful of employees and it starts as low as $19.99. You're going to save money and you're going to cut phone costs by at least 30%. When you sign up today, you'll get instant access to RingCentral's award-winning, powerful phone system with phone, fax, video conferencing, and more. And they've got this holiday bundle that they're doing just for back-to-work listeners. You don't pay a single penny until 2020. Pretty cool. Get on this now. It's at ringcentral.com. That's spelled ring, R-I-N-G, central. Ringcentral.com slash back to work. One more time, ringcentral.com slash back to work. Don't pay a penny until 2020. And go check it out. And thanks very much to Ring Central for making this show possible. Thanks, Ring Central. Buck, buck. <laughs> Fast as that ever. <laughs> I am so good at this. <laughs> Man, we're both good at this. We're yeah. both good at this. Yes. Okay, we probably talked enough about that. Um, but anyway, I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, but the it, it's... it's uh, there's all these ways in which I can and piss and moan and crow and, ooh, ooh, you guys are all bad for doing the thing. Cars are bad. But I don't have any problem having uh, taken a lift or having somebody bring groceries to my house. Or, or the guy in the uh, Amazon Prime van. Like, I'm, apparently I'm fine with all of those. It's all these residential cars that I don't like. It's hard not to be a hypocrite as an adult in America, Dan. I'm not saying I There's I, a lot, I to, a lot to, to have a feeling about these days, isn't there? A lot to be hypocritical about. <laughs> <laughs> Dan, uh, I, I see here before me, it sounds like you have been using something, something called Windows 10. What, what is that and why are you using it? Well, What's happening, Dan? So I have, uh, for... Almost nine years now. Uh, it will actually be on October 26th. It will be my 10, 10 year. Yeah, I guess it will be my 10 year anniversary of playing, uh, playing Minecraft. And well, no, nine. I can, I can do math, Merlin. I'm it's been an adult that, that can do math. Wild. It just became 10 years old since like the very first release. And I'm, I've been playing it for a long time. And so, yeah. You know, it, it doesn't run very well on a Macintosh computer. Uh, the, f- the, the main version of Minecraft that came out, it was written in Java, which is a weird thing to write a graphical game in, I think, but <laughs> they did it. and the, Especially the, at that time, right? I mean, yeah. That, I mean, it, even by then, Java was mostly an enterprise yeah. like, server-side thing for what, like e-commerce and stuff, right? Ex- exactly. And, uh, and so it was, you know, it was a little bit, a little bit unusual, I guess, but nothing wrong with it. But the downside of that is just that, it, you know, Java things like that don't, for whatever reason, they don't run that well on Macs. And so the main complaint you see from thus, people... Thus has it ever been. It is known. 
Yes. <laughs> and and it used to be so bad. No Syracuse. I'm not going to make a joke about swing that you'll make fun of me for. But it used to be running these, the uh, client-side uh-huh. Java stuff was just brutal. If you wanted to run Eclipse or something, it was brutal. It was really bad. And it's still, I mean, it runs all right, but the, the computer gets angry and the fans spin up like crazy and it gets really, really loud. And and also there's an, there are, so there are two versions of Minecraft without retelling the story that I told a couple episodes back. Minecraft was purchased by Microsoft and shortly after that they started working on the a new edition of Minecraft that would run well on Windows and other platforms like the Xbox and I think it's on every pretty much every platform that exists now and the only the original version of Minecraft is the Java version so they call that Java Minecraft and then the other version is called Bedrock perhaps because it was a ground up rewrite and the lowest block in the whole Minecraft world is the Bedrock block so I have been, as, as I play this, I've been using Windows machines to play Minecraft whenever I could. And I eventually just got fed up with using, with rebooting into bootcamp every time I wanted to do something with this. And as I've also gotten a little bit, I, people have suggested to me and I thought it would be fun to maybe do a YouTube thing for Minecraft for adults that wouldn't just be for kids because a lot of people on Twitter when I tweeted about it, said, I would love to learn how to play Minecraft, but I really don't want to be taught, no offense to the 13-year-old kid YouTubers out there, but I don't really want to be taught to play Minecraft by a 13-year-old, nothing wrong with it, but they would rather hear something else. So I've been toying with that idea. But anyway, I've had a, my son a number of years ago was starting to get into gaming. This is before the Switch was out and existed. And so he was using an Alienware gaming computer for that. And he, as soon as he got the Switch, he never looked back. And hasn't used it. So I took it and brought it to work and plugged a monitor into it. And I've been using it. And of course, Windows runs on this thing natively. You could probably could probably make a Hackintosh out of it if I felt like it. But mm-hmm. why not just use Windows? It's already on there. I've got a license for it uh, on that machine. And it runs really, really well. And the thing that occurs to me, having not really used Windows 10 at all. And, and you know, back in the in my corporate stooge days... We were on Windows <laughs> we XP. I haven't heard that one in a while. Yeah, it's still there. Um, yeah. You know, I, we use Windows XP. That's That was what was on our desktop. I mean, we had Windows NT Workstation before that and then Windows X, uh, XP. And, you know, I never liked it. I always had a Mac at home and preferred to use that. But Windows 10 has come a long way. There's still a lot of weird things about Windows. But it's to the point now, especially with this Windows subsystem for Linux, where if if someone dropped me down in front of uh, like in the beginning of that green day video where they just kind of wheel them up in front of the microphone and hand them a guitar and they just start playing. I, I, I could do that in front of uh, in front of a windows machine now, like that would be fine. I can, I can do everything I need to do. I have no plans to switch or anything, but what I find is that windows has really, really come a long, long way. I'm, I'm consistently surprised uh, by how much it it gets out of the way, the way that Mac OS gets out of the way. And like I said, I'm not ready to to switch because I'm very, very deeply entrenched in the uh, Apple ecosystem with pretty much everything that I have right now. But the days of saying Windows sucks, those are gone. It's it's fine. It really is just fine. But there's something about it that really pisses me off when it comes mm-hmm. to comparing it to Mac, which is. Things are so fast on Windows. I don't know what it is that oh, makes like them, the responsiveness. The responsiveness, yeah. how long it takes yeah. to launch an application, how long it takes to open or close a window. It's 
instantaneous. It is hmm. instantaneous. And I want that. I want that on the Mac. And and you could say, well, you've got a high-end Alienware computer. I do. You know what else I have? I have a Surface Pro from like two years ago that runs Windows 10. And it smokes the stuff that I do on my less than a year old or about a year old MacBook Pro. It's mm-hmm. It smokes <laughs> it. I'm not talking about like, yeah, rendering, a, you know, like exporting a video from Final Cut Pro. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about launching a browser or running mm-hmm. Minecraft, which is which is really fast on the Surface Pro, both the Java edition and the Bedrock edition, both both of which run on a Windows machine. Only Java runs on a Mac. And those things are it's super fast and it's fine and it just runs. But I try to do the same thing even on my MacBook Pro rebooted into Windows and it's slower. What's up with that, Apple? I know. I know. I, I feel like I'm becoming a John Syracuse cover band. But um, <laughs> <laughs> title. Please write that down. I will. Um, but 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 something he he said, I think uh, I think it was on ATP recently. That I, I think is it's it's so interesting. You know, you think about when you get a new computer mm-hmm. or a phone, right? And you have it's you, to replace your two to six year old previous version, right? Right, right. And the first thing you notice, <clears throat> like if you've got if you've moved from spinning disk to SSD, you've moved to obviously new processors, better screen. You turn the thing on, and it's like boom. You're like, oh, whoa! I didn't know this could happen this fast. It's almost too fast. It's upsettingly fast. Oh my gosh! Which of course, in about a week, you stop noticing, right? If 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 not less. Um and and but. but isn't it wild in your case to go to this other platform and go like, hey, this isn't as pretty and doesn't make as much sense, but why can't we have that? Why can't yeah. we have that? Right. I think Syracuse has said the, uh, that I think yeah, I hadn't thought about, but I think is really smart, is that like, it, it, you know, you want to see Apple optimize all of this stuff within an inch of its life. You want to you want to see I mean like you know like the experience you're having makes you really crave this and go like yeah. why why do I see even one bounce in the dock. Right. Like, isn't there some way and like, forgive me for just being the consumer and not the developer who tells Apple how to do this, because that's not the roles that we have in each other's lives. But wouldn't you just love to see like everything become that responsive? There are so many reasons that I found the switch from classic to OS X mm. difficult, mm-hmm. mostly out of my own ignorance. But um, certainly on, on the beta and even through the pretty much the entire life of OS X, for whatever reason, I'm, this is purely, purely anecdotal. I do not have any data to back this up. I'm here to tell you, bud, like it, nothing ever felt as fast as System 7. Oh, yeah. In terms of like when you click that mouse to like see this window rather than that window to open this thing. There's that little beautiful like whoop, when like it would open that little animation they did. But but do you, do you remember that feeling of Absolutely. like System 7 by the end of System 7's life um, and going into 8, which did not feel as fast because it, it got a lot prettier and a lot heavier. <laughs> but System 7 was so sprightly. Like that was the period, that was really the salad days for me and my Mac was, uh, you know, the, coming in at the end of 6 and then... Um, but seven really was the glory days for me. Um, do you know what I'm talking about though? Absolutely. Like, when, when if you were I re- to go back and use an SE30 with mm-hmm. System Seven on, mm-hmm. I bet it would feel. I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But in my head, I bet it would feel blindingly fast. Yeah, I mean, there was something about it where you, when you moved the mouse, and I don't know if it's because the Mac mice had a higher uh, pixel density or what it was, but there was something that r- you really felt like you were. 
you were moving that cursor directly with the mouse. There was something that unified that feeling. You were one with the hardware and the interface and the software. Everything happened. You could do what you wanted to do. (laughs) My point out, windows would stay where you put them. But also like, you know, it was certainly a more, less powerful environment in almost every way. But it did have the feeling in retrospect of being optimized within an inch of its life. Yes. We're, We're manipulating, using the GUI, uh, it felt it felt instantaneous. Yeah, and compared to Windows at the time, and certainly the X Window system at the time, it felt like a layer. Like you knew that there was something beneath the surface, and this was a program. I mean, you used to launch Windows by typing Win, and it would mm-hmm, launch. Mm-hmm, the same thing mm-hmm. on on uh, on Unix when you launched the X Window system. Uh, you would launch that and it was a, it was an application. It was a program that would run and do stuff on the screen visually. And now you had like a mouse. And I remember back when I used to work on a, on a sun spark station and the mouse was this very cool, weird, uncomfortable three button mouse that didn't work on a mouse pad. It was a laser mouse and it had to have a special plate Metal metallic reflective. I remember there was like a a mirror. I remember having to use those. Yeah, yeah, and like that was an application that you ran. And now, now I can use this mouse with this computer, and I can move things around kind of on the screen. And Max never felt that way. It felt it was the definition of a native interface, whereas Windows still felt like it was this this layer riding on top of something else. And and you were kind of being tricked. We used to get fancy and put Win at the bottom of our uh, of a batch file, uh, you know, the autoexec.bat file, so that when you turned on your computer, it would automatically launch Windows. You never had to look at the text anymore. It would just <laughs> be Windows. And Windows 95 came out and it launched into that directly. And you're like, whoa, this is, this is catching up to, to Apple. But still, it was just a layer. And, you know, the, the funny thing is that with Mac OS 10 and beyond... It really is very much a layer on top of the Unix system, the BSD yeah. Unix system beneath the surface. And and it doesn't really feel that way. But, you know, I have no idea what what how much RAM that Surface Pro has. I have no idea uh, what graphics card it has. I don't even really know how much storage it has. But it's really fast. And it this is the other thing that that's sort of frustrating to me about some of the Apple stuff. And we talked about this uh, couple of years back when I got the Surface Pro is that here you have this machine that it has what I think is one of the best mobile keyboards I've ever used, physical keyboards. It's absolutely fantastic. It has a built-in really heavy-duty kickstand onto the back of it. It works like a tablet when it's in tablet mode, and when you plug a keyboard into it, it becomes a little computer. Mm-hmm. And the battery life's okay, um, but like the charger that you plug into the wall, yeah. uh, the, the brick part of it, which is stupid that it needs a big brick like that, but it needs it, but there's USB port in the brick. So you can charge something, you can charge your USB device, cool. you, you know, like little things like that, 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 you know, and it's got a USB port in the side of it. And like I plugged in an ethernet adapter just for, uh, to see if it would work. And it worked. And now I had a hardwired Ethernet port. I tried plugging that same Ethernet adapter into my Mac and it did nothing. And it turned out I had to install drivers. But of course, this is the the <laughs> plus and minus of Windows is that there's billions of drivers and they, they all conflict with each other. And, you know, like, yes, there's a driver for it. Yes, it's built in. But who knows? And, wow. you know, but there are so many 
you know, and, and then the whole gaming world, of course, that's, that's the big part of what I think still has so many people buying windows PCs these days is that's where all the non-console gaming stuff is as much as Apple is pushing for the stuff with arcade uh, on, on the Apple TV. I really think they're just kind of entering that into the console space that doesn't do anything for Macs, where gaming is so far behind and lagging so badly. But there's even this thing called Game Bar that's built into built into Windows. No additional software to install. You hit the Windows uh, key plus G, and it launches this thing called the Game Bar that lets you record the game that you're playing. It lets you stream oh. the game that you're playing. You can. Uh, bring in additional audio sources like a microphone so that while you're streaming or recording, you can talk over it. All of this is just built in just to show you how fundamentally different Windows is from Mac where they know you're playing games. They know you want to stream them. They know you want to record them. So they Mm -hmm. built in this thing. Yes, I know I can do a screen recording on the Mac, but it's not like this. It's not built in this way. It doesn't automatically connect to Twitch or YouTube or one of these other services. And there are people, there are people in the world who are doing Twitter searches constantly or similar in their life to find something where they will have the opportunity to point out to someone who's frustrated with it, with any experience, to point out that uh, what they want is possible. Right. Rather than pointing out that what they want is easy or what they, what they want is pleasurable or what they want is uh, <laughs> good for everybody. It's just that you don't negate a criticism of something by saying it's possible to do. Right. What an ignorant thing to say. No, I'm not asking you for, first of all, uh, thanks. Thanks, buddy. Much appreciated for the drive-by. But like, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, tr- I'm not looking for a solution to make this possible. Um, I'm looking for a solution to make this easy or to make this fun or to make right. this good. Right. Yeah. I, anybody can do anything. I could make my own ketchup, but I'm an adult. Like that's, that's crazy. Yeah. So you do, it's, it is pretty wild when you go over to another side. I had this recently with uh changing briefly to duck, duck, go as part of a Dubai Friday challenge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There was so much for like, it's in the class and then one of those classic, like using Android, we're using a, a thing where at first, all you notice is all the good things about it. <laughs> and then eventually you notice all the not great things about it. Right. But like, it does make you really crave what people in the other technological world have. And in this, this instance, and this is again, something a lot of people, I think they talked about this on relay maybe recently, just that hope that Apple will start noticing and responding to the fact that they're no longer, they no longer make the best laptops or the most innovative laptops. Right. Don't you think? Yes. Like, I don't think it, it, there was a time when a MacBook Pro, I, I feel like you could say pretty confidently, maybe not as much as an iPhone versus an Emacs phone, <laughs> <laughs> but but like a Stallman phone. But like, but there was a time when there was MacBook Pros and everything else, and that's just after a long hard slog, they won. And I don't know if that's so true and dependable anymore. I'm going to mm-hmm. say it's probably not. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's like John, John Lennon said, uh, you know, Ringo's not even the best drummer in the Beatles, which is not fair, true. Or, <laughs> um, but uh, it's a terrible thing, and he never said it. But I, I don't think, don't email me. But uh, but no, you want them to learn from uh, things like the uh, the Surface. And like, say, you know, hey, guys, swing for the fences a little bit. Like, do some, do this, but better. You're, you're, you're not only not doing this better, you're not doing this. Like, why don't you learn from these other things? Right. And so think about this and how weird is this, that, that right now, if I could pick only one computing device to take with me on a vacation or a trip or something like that, mm-hmm. 
Um, and I let's say I didn't have to record, right? So that, that eliminates one thing. But I still needed to do software development, and I might want to play some Minecraft. Yeah. Well, it's, it's going to be the surface because hmm. I have the entire development environment now there because of windows subsystem for linux i've got postgresql i've got uh the full rail stack oh, I've that's got, interesting i've got okay. redis wow. i've got everything running there what so it all works writing so you're talking here about ruby and rails right yes that's mainly what i do okay. um, what do you use for that like a uh, development environment or you know you i'm i use sublime text uh no, I mean, i'm sorry on if you're taking your studio or taking your microsoft thing with you what would what, what's, what's the name of what you use when you're doing Rails programming on a Windows thing? Uh, so all, all you need to do Rails, it's pretty much the same. It's, you know, you need a text editor, uh, and then you need an environment in which to run Rails. And what that usually involves is some kind right. of Unix. But it's not, you're not using like Sublime Text on Windows, though, right? I am, absolutely. Oh, they make Sublime Text for Windows? Yes. I didn't know that. Okay, yes. thank you. You asked and answered. And it's, it's, I, uh, it's I just, identical. I upgraded to TextMate 2 this week. Oh my gosh, that's a big step for you. Oh, yeah. Welcome, I've been Welcome to original... 2008 or oh, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I've been running the original TextMate uh, since it came out. And oh my then, God. Like, yeah, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> Huge week. I, it was a big, you know, it's funny because comparing something like TextMate 2 to Sublime Text 3, I mean, that could be a, a whole boring show that no one would listen to except me. Yeah, working, working some markdown with it. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> but... You know, I had been on TextMate 2, uh, on TextMate since it came out and on 2 since it came out. And, you know, I got to the point where there were just a few, again, here we're talking about comparing things. Like there's a lot of times when you might, you might want side-by-side files from the same project or even the same file looking at two different parts of it. So you might be, um, you know, let's, let's just say you're, oh, I don't it doesn't matter, but there's a lot of mm-hmm. different features that Sublime Text 2 has that I wanted to try. And even going from something like TextMate 2 to Sublime Text, it, it was a huge like change in learning curve. And it really took me like more oh, than a week no, or two absolutely. to adjust. I mean, like I, I, I heard so much about Sublime Text whenever that came out 65 years ago. Uh-huh. And I opened up and saw that I had to like type the preferences required me to open a file and type things. And I was like, nope. <laughs> That's true. It does. It still yeah, does. Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not going to do that. But uh, I mean, <laughs> I can, I, I, I could, I could be using VI, The but you know. I, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. You could be um, writing it on paper and handing it to someone to transcribe for you. I could be a potted fern. That's right. Dan, Dan, before we run on too long, I want to come back to this, but could you tell me about uh, about the third and final thing that you like? Ah, sure. I would love to tell you about feels. Feels. Do you experience stress? We all experience stress. Do you have anxiety? Do you have chronic pain? Do you ever have trouble sleeping at least once a week? Guess what? A lot of people have these issues. Most of us, really, if you think about it. I have found that in my life, CBD has been a tremendously beneficial thing. It's helped me. It's helped my whole family. And again, Merlin and I, we have talked about this in the past. It is tremendously helpful for me. And I'm going to tell you about a new sponsor. I was so glad when we finally got a really good CBD sponsor because there are a lot of CBD companies out there. And can I be frank with you about this? A lot of them are are really low quality. A lot of them, who even knows what's in there? Feels is different. Feels, which is spelled F-E-A-L-S. It is a premium CBD that is delivered directly to your doorstep. And let me tell you what they do. They, it, they help. Feels 
naturally, that's the key here, helps you reduce stress, anxiety, and pain, and sleeplessness. It's helped me so much with anxiety, so much with getting better sleep. I, I don't know what I would do without this stuff. It's so good, and it feels really makes some great CBD. I have had and used their CBD recently. They sent me some, and it's great. Here's the way it works. It's, a, it's what they call a tincture. It's a, it's, a, it's a liquid. It's easy to take. You put a few drops under your tongue, and it usually works within a few minutes. I mean, everybody's different. And that's the thing about CBD. When we've talked about it in the past, uh, people have written or tweeted to me and said, well, how do I know where, how do I, how do I know how much I should take? How do I get started? This is what makes feels really different because they have human beings, real people. You can call them up. They have a CBD hotline. You can get text message support and you can talk to them about your situation and what they recommend and what strength to start with. They also have a really cool thing. It's called, they call it a flight. Like if you've ever had like a wine flight or something like that, they have a flight they can send to you. That's different strengths and different. So you can figure it out without committing to like, well, I bought a bottle of it and it was wrong. That's not going to happen with feels and keep this in mind. This is CBD. This is not weed. Okay. There's no high. There's no hangover. There's no addiction. So you don't have to worry about those things. And the way this works, you join the Feels community and gets delivered to your door every month. You're going to save money on every order. You can pause it at any time. You can cancel it at any time. If you haven't used the whole thing, say, you know what? Don't send any to me this month. No big deal. They don't care. They'll do whatever you want. You're in control of this whole thing. And, uh, and, and, and it's going to help you get back to feeling your best every day. You can become a member by going to feels.com slash back to work. That is F-E-A-L-S, feels.com slash back to work. You'll get 50% off your first order with free shipping. Isn't that awesome? So that's feels.com slash back to work. Become a member, 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. I am such a believer in CBD. It has helped me and my family so much. And uh, maybe it'll help you too. Give it a try. Feels.com slash back to work. Thanks very much to Feels for making this show possible. Thanks, Feels. Buck, buck. <laughs> I like these new abbreviated like these? ads we're these doing. Embellishments. Yeah. So, uh, Windows 10. Come on. Come on, guys. You know, all I'm not, again, I'm not saying that like no. I want to switch to Windows or that I'm going to or that I ever really plan to. I'm saying I, I, I could. I could do everything on Windows. I would miss some things with macOS. But what I'm really saying is, Apple, I want you to have some of these things. I want you to yeah. create some of it because why can I reboot my MacBook Pro in Windows and it feels faster than what this thing was built to run. That's what I don't understand. It feels faster Ouch, and that it is, is that faster. That is a stunning indictment, my friend. I don't know. Oof. Maybe they're tricking me by having Windows pop open faster. Fine. Do that then, Apple. Make make that happen. I mean, yeah, there there are some things that are just so ponderous about Windows and so mysterious about Windows that... Um, that, that I don't even try to understand it anymore, but you know, mm-hmm. and I, and I, I used to deeply understand I, uh, everything about windows and as much as I do about uh, the Mac and I live in the terminal. I mean, that's, that's where I am. Uh, but you know, I, there's just some things, there's some things that are there and the idea of, uh, of bringing those to Apple just would be great. 
you know? Yeah. Like I put yeah. that SSD drive in that, um, in that iMac we, where we talked about that little kit that I got and everything else. And that completely brought new life to this old machine. It's a, it's a five, six year old oh, that's, machine. That's, now. that's what a, what a mind bending difference. Huge improvement. Is. And yeah. that's almost how it feels using windows on the same hardware. It's like, everything is just faster. You click a thing, boom, it's right there. It's like, give yeah. me that. Yeah. Well, as long as we're bitching about Apple, mm. a new segment we have. Thanks, thanks for listening to the show for all these years. Bye. <laughs> um, uh, an episode, boy, I'm going to have to do the date math on this. An episode of Reconcilable Differences that will come out in a couple days uh-huh. on around on or about the 17th. Um, again, Syracuse and I were talking about, you know, the, the Apple things. And, and, and I'm going to give you a preview of that by saying something here. Um, this is something I said on that episode. Um, you know, if I feel like when we pine for the Mac of the old days, mm-hmm. we pine for the way um, Macs used to feel so muscular. They're such an assured company with that piece of hardware. Yeah. Um, and we pine for that. I, I don't doubt for a second that, that that is that the practical component of that is, hey, give us a cool new Mac that's not all screwed up, right? Just mm-hmm. really, you know, charge money for it, whatever. But like, make it good. Please make it good, right? Uh, no doubt that is that that's the thing that's happening. Um, but I think another angle to look at that, it, well, another thing we miss culturally about Apple is uh, a feeling for uh, um, we as consumers, as fans, right, um, being able to look at Apple and say, "Wow, you you guys really take the Mac seriously." They take it seriously as. Uh, for a time, for as the backbone, a product line in their company. Mm-hmm. I mean, up till the iPod. I mean, <laughs> what would a pie graph even look like if you ask you ask the John uh, or ask the uh, John Rodericks of the world? They would say Apple was Mac. That's what it was, right? What What did they have besides right. that? No, that was it. What would you, before whatever that was? You know, uh, into the, the period of the iMac. Is it? Was there any doubt that uh, that they took that extremely seriously as Gosh, a company? No. no. Well, so on the one hand, yeah, yeah, it would be nice to have that feeling again. And maybe they, maybe they do take it seriously. Doesn't always feel like it, you know? It really right. feels like they could go a pretty long time without doing something really new and cool, uh, let alone fixing the stuff that's clearly broken about Max. Mm-hmm. And that's a thing. Like, with the laptops, really, guys, you know? <laughs> um, so the first part is, yeah, it would be nice to have a Mac. Uh, but the other thing is, like, I said to, to Syracuse, um, I feel like the other thing that makes me sad inside is that if they took the Macintosh as seriously as they take so many things in their company right now, yeah, the Mac would have never been the Mac. There's a lack of seriousness about Apple TV. And I'm not talking about the fun and whimsy. I'm not talking about the things, you know, the things that like somebody like Marco and me talk about. The fun of the little pulsing light on your MacBook Pro to like show you that the battery was charging. Like, you know, remember the little, like that cool little, the white light on the front that would pulse a little bit, these little unnecessary, but wonderful things title. Um, it's more to <laughs> say like, guys, you know, it's, it's not, it's not, a, uh, it's not a good reason or excuse to let so much stuff not improve or to stay broken in your product line lines for a long time. It's really bad. I mean, you know, yesterday Fraud Manji was talking about how he feels like uh, the handoff and interaction stuff has come a long way. 
And I, I, I piped in to be that guy. I was a reply guy. And I was like, yeah, but you know, I don't know if anybody in our audience gets this, but on Catalina, um, there's weird handoff bugs. A popular podcast app that I'm aware of. Uh, pauses. If I get near my Mac while it's playing. Because mm. that's a handoff bug. Oh, right. So okay. the developer might be taking that feature out. Because like <laughs> the weird stuff like that or stuff like about like one out of 15 times that I pick up my iPad and turn it on with the production current version of iPad OS 13.1. Um, if the orientation's not right in Safari, I get like a two-third split screen and everything's smashed up on the mm. left. Why is that? I don't know. I don't know. Well, that, you know, here's the thing. And I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not here to, I'm, I'm only citing these things because these are things that, not, not, not uh, showstoppers, but these are all things that are happening right now on production uh, software for production right, hardware. Right, 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 right. And like, you know, and I, I'm just trying to draw out this larger point of like, you know, pump the brakes, guys, fix some of this stuff. Take something inside your company as seriously as you used to take the Mac. And also, you know, if you wanted to, if you wanted to take the Mac seriously, that'd be great too. But, you know, there's only so many times the Beach Boys can say, hey, Brian's back. You know, guys, <laughs> the Mac should be, the Mac should be the thing. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm carrying on. But this does go back to this infrastructure stuff we're talking about where like it's mental to like wonder if you, if your Apple thing is going to do the thing that it's supposed to do as a thing. Right. And then, and then sometimes it just doesn't. And uh, it, I feel like that reflects a certain lack of seriousness. Yeah. I, 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 I can go along with that. I really can. You know, if you think about when for so many years it was called Apple computers Inc. And then when they change it to just Apple, you know, that was the sign that they were changing their focus a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yes, the iPhone is a computer, but really it's a consumer electronic device that has a computer inside of it. So it, it, it represented this fundamental change, I think, in Apple's thinking that, and you know what? They're smart to do it. If, if we were a company that, um, that was making potato chips and toothpaste, mm -hmm. and we'd been making toothpaste forever and the potato chips were new and everybody wanted these potato chips... It would be it would make sense for us to start focusing a little more on the potato chips. But if you look at <laughs> Apple's potato chips, which is the iPhone, and how big of an industry it is to the iPhone industry compared to the the Mac industry, I, I forget what it is, but it's it's tiny. I mean, any company would be thrilled to have a product as successful as the Mac, but compared to the iPhone, it is nothing. Right. Right, right, right. It's nothing. Just in terms, in terms of like, it's uh, when they talk about, what's that thing Mark Cuban always says on Shark Tank about, would you, I forget the line, it's a pretty good line, but like, would you rather own this, mu this much of a grape or that much of a watermelon? Right. You know, kind of thing. Right? It's, it's sort of like that, where like the way, because of the company's growth, it's not that Macs have like gone down as much as the, all the other things have gone up. Isn't that right? And if it? you think about where Apple used to be, any product or service or software or application that they came out with was to bolster the Mac unit, right? I mean, the iPod, oh, yeah. the iPod came out it's as the halo, the halo effect, the halo right? effect. I mean, if you, yeah. you've got your Mac now, check out this MP3 player we made, right? We made this cool MP3 player. Sorry. It won't work with windows. No iTunes for windows. Nothing you could do yeah, over there, no, but no like plan, no interest in doing that in the future. This is for people who love their Mac. That's right. And, and mm -hmm. it came out and people got it and said, wow, I like this. And there's stuff going on. Apple's doing some cool stuff. And, but it wasn't, it, they didn't launch the iPod to create and necessarily create an industry there. And I, do, I doubt that the iPod industry ever matched 
I'm talking about pre-iPod Touch. I'm talking about pre-iPhone. I would be curious if there's someone who could give me those numbers, but I'd be willing to bet that the iPod uh, unit never made anywhere near the money that the Mac unit was making at the time, but absolutely not true for uh, you know, for, for the iPhone, which is just clobbering every other aspect of what Apple does. And I, I mean, if you were thinking about it now, it almost is the other way around in a way. It's almost like Macs are the, I wouldn't say they're supportive of the mm-hmm. iPhone industry, but it, you could almost argue that, that it looks like it could well, look strange, like that. strange to have to guess or imagine what they think is happening. You know, it's, and again, now this is actually one thing I will admit here. This is a pretty good example. I, of something that happens a lot in politics and culture, which is the echo chamber of where I live, in mm-hmm. the echo chamber in which I live, mm-hmm. where like I feel like there's a very there's very little uncertainty about what me and my pals want. I think, yeah, I could tell you what we don't want. We don't we don't want cheaply made, less costly, uh, less powerful Max. Mm-hmm. And the corollary is we wouldn't mind paying a little bit more for right. much more powerful and innovative Macs that do more. Mm-hmm. Gosh, can I, can I, can I pay an extra bit and get some ports? Would that be okay? Would mm-hmm. it be okay if I had a second port? Could I do that? Could I get, could I get, could I get away to do stuff? You know, I'm still using the, the 2015 MacBook Pro I bought a year or two ago. And uh, yeah, there's stuff I can't do with it. I, don't, I think it won't do sidecar. It seems very confused about how to mount an iOS device mm. uh, in the new non-iTunes way. I could not get it to go last night. Mm. Um, but boy, is it ever nice to have a USB port over here and a USB port over there mm-hmm. um, to have to have all of the ports. It's for what I do at home. It's running Catalina, and it's it's great. It it really is. It's it's uh, it's it's terrific um, having those ports. You know that that's one right there. And like so, okay. So I don't feel qualified to say. Does does uh you know uh, J Robert Lunchbucket all across America uh, care about these th- same things? I don't know. I hope Apple really does know. I hope they're not speculating. I hope they've got some pals outside of their echo chamber mm-hmm. that are giving them some good advice. Um, because uh, let's let's return to the 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 oldest but arguably most important thing that we need to say about this. Uh, the software that gets made for all your other shit starts and ends on a Mac. That until something really changes, yeah. I bet it's going to be at least a few months before you can do that on an iPad. Oh, yeah. Um, nothing gets made for all the other stuff except on a Mac. And, and it, w- it would take, to me, it feels like it would take, now I'm just being mean, Dan. It seems like it would take such a strange blindness to not be really overserving developers and their needs at this point. Developers in their needs. Well, the developers in their needs is they need they need stuff that's going to make the software go on a Mac. Like, boy, it seems so risky to me to flash any danger signs to people who make unless they really genuinely don't care. But you know, uh, hey, apps are the future of TV. How do apps get made? Well, apps get made on a Mac. Failing it some other way that somebody comes up with. There's no other way to get that thing signed and on the store unless it's on a Mac. What what an odd what an odd thing to take less seriously over time. Yeah. Right. Is there anything happy we can end on? Oh, you can look at the lizard. You look at you go. You want to see the lizard eating a salad? Yes. Okay. You go to Bando Mando, B A N D O M A N N D O, and you can see uh, it's on Twitter, and you can see my daughter posted a video of him eating a salad, his morning salad. All right, hold on. I'm I'm, I'm typing. I'm clicking. He's typing and clicking. Oh, uh, you know, I can send you the link. What, you know, the, I'm already there. I'm now. already there. I'm already there. There he is. 
Yeah, check him out. See? That's what Look I'm talking that. about. Look at that guy, huh? Look at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We fed him a hornworm last night, and it was wild. I, I saw your post about that. Do you that. know what I've hornworm f- is? I mean, well, I mean, it's not a euphemism. Hmm? What? Look at him eating. Oh. Isn't, he, isn't he wild? He, he really looks, is, like, from another looks, world. He really looks alien in a lot of alien, ways. Totally alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hornworms and, like, I couldn't, are, I couldn't tell you how any of his systems work. <laughs> You know, know what I mean? No, I know. You're like, what? what is that ear? What's happening with that? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to put this in show notes because it is really cute. And, and there's two, there's two ends so in, to be in Mando, Twitter. by the way, two. Huh? There's two ends. M-A-N-N-D-O. Yeah, because that's kind of based on, we're doing a rhymey version of our last name. I like that. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say about this? So hornworms, boy, do I feel bad feeding these majestic creatures to another animal. But if you go and look at, no, I <laughs> swear to God, you think this guy, hornworm, search for hornworm and look for a bluish, greenish, the most un, <sighs> unearthly color of blue green you've oh, ever seen. Oh, these, yeah, you know what? We used to call these tomato bugs when I was a kid in Philly. And my mom grew tomatoes in our backyard in the Chamonix. And, uh, and, and these things would be on the tomato plants. And then as pictured, if you search hornworm, uh, they would, these, um, wasps would lay their eggs along their back. Oh God, I'm seeing this. (gasps) Oh my God, that's horrible. What am I looking at here? And so when the wasps- Oh God, it looks like grains of rice. Oh no. And so if you (gasps) ever saw one with those- Oh damn, I don't like this at all. Stuck to its back, you would say, uh, you would know that it was infected with, and what happens is the wasp larvae hatch and then devour- I I literally have goosebumps right now. The hornworm. But why do you have this freaking thing in your house is disgusting this the lizard hornworm or the hornworm the, the lizard's great oh the lizard loves lizard love he loved to eat him a hornworm that's what <sighs> you gotta know one thing you gotta know about lizard boy no yeah, so, to, so to the listener i don't you know what i'm not gonna put this in notes if you want to google it's yeah. like lemon party if you want to find it you use your fingers because i am not putting this in show notes i'm just here to tell you so dan you're looking at this thing it's first of all it looks like something that like maybe hr Gegger would draw <laughs> yeah. and reject because it's too horrifying. <laughs> it, it lo- it's it really too looks gross like for aliens world. movies. It's we way can't too gross. put it in. <laughs> but it's got a pointy, like uh, a, a horn on its tail <sighs> that it'll, it'll, it'll like sting you with. Um, also, it's got real sticky feet. So uh, Bando went to take a chunk out of this guy last night. We've got special bespoke tweezers for feeding live things to the putting it in the tank. Can you put um, so mealworms got, in there with it? Does it have to be a hornworm? Um, he has in so far, I think this will change once his, um, uh, relocation anxiety wears off, uh, which it is finally slowly. Uh, he'll get more, he'll get back into those cause they told us at the pet store that he likes those. So just on a, on a, on a whim, you know, we, we had some of these and I keep them taped up real nice and tight. Um, you just yeah, had them yeah, on we, hand. We do have like live anyway? animals. We have live animals around the house and in the fridge now because that's our life, I guess. Oh, God. So I used the big tweezers, and my kid was like, nope, nope, nope. You, Dad, takes care of this one. Um, and I, I put it in there, and he kind of went, hmm. Because that's, that's basically, that's his main you know, expression is, hmm. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then he kind of went, and he, the, he, he missed it. It fell off the hammock. It fell to the ground. The hornworm was on the uh, substrate of the vivarium for like half a second. I went to grab it. And its little pincer-like feet had already dug in. Oh. It was really hard to pick it up. This oh, thing, God, Eldritch, it's, it's goddamn just, horror. Stop. It's 
It's horrible. This thing is horrible, but it's majestic and beautiful. And then, so that, this is last night. It was so cool. I wish we got a video of it. I put it down in front of him, and Banner goes, um, hmm, because that's, you know, that's, what his, that's what his face does. Like, hmm. He put out his tongue a little bit, and then, shomp, two bites. This giant thing <laughs> goes down. And then he goes back to this. Hmm. And, and then uh, he was, I got some, uh, we had some nice quality time with him last night, because I think he was really happy that he ate a hornworm. You know, you think you'd, you think you'd want to get a hornworm? No. How long? Uh, how how long do they go without food? Like how long could they? I've always heard that reptiles can go years and years and years without eating or moving. I don't know. There, he has a version of hibernation that he will do at some point. Uh, my daughter knows the name. I forget, but it's not for a super long time. But yeah, I mean, his system, I imagine, is pretty different. I still have not seen him drink water. Um, but you know, like I say, he's adjusting still. Um, he I might get enough from question. the from the he salad you gave him. Take it. I, I was saying he might get enough from the salad that you gave him for. Well, the he'll move his bowels, water. and he makes this really disgusting pee poop. That's kind of yeah. like a bird. It's kind of like a dark. It's like a black and white. Yeah, we talked poop. about that. It's. Um, Did we talk about that? Mm-hmm. Which one am I? <laughs> Guys, don't Google hornworm. Um, there's no way that turns out well. No. It's like going on Usenet and looking for the kinks. You're not going to get what you thought. <laughs> we are the village green. Oh my god, no! Don't search for kinks or hornworms today. Dan, it's been a pleasure. It has indeed. Yeah. Wait, the future. Let's button button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. Gonna stop that. Gonna stop this.